0: Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments, Season 3. Thank you for joining me on this journey into the odd, the weird, the strange. Hope you'll enjoy it. Now, on with the show. Good evening, my fellow Mysterians. This is Terry from Texas. I've got a new show tonight. Let's get right into it. Few old castles do not boast the shade of a jilted lover tumbling from the battlements, or a ghostly white lady, or green lady, or gray lady or a demonic monk who vanishes if challenged, or a poltergeist, or a headless, armless, bodiless phantom, a spectral coach and horses, or disembodied wailing. An especially common theme is that of a victim who was walled up alive within the castle, whose ghost haunts the castle for centuries afterwards, until the victim's body is found and properly buried. Some stories tend to be regional. Spectral pipers on the ramparts of Scottish castles, or demonic black dogs known as shucks in the south of England. Stories of supernatural omens are attached to many castles and the families that own them. Generally warning of a forthcoming death in the family, sometimes specifically the Lord, the chatelaine, which is the basically the housekeeper, I would say, the head housekeeper, or the clan chief. The omen typically takes the form of an unusual animal, such as a white deer, a white owl, or a white fox. In Scotland, over a dozen castles claim the ghost of Mary, Queen of Scots. In England, several castles claim royal ghosts including the Tower of London, Windsor Castle, and Berkeley Castle. Many of the best stories have historical events underpinning them, often an execution or a murder, with supporting details such as names and dates. There are also a smaller number of reported supernatural creatures that inhabit castles, fairies, banshees and goblins, giants and vampires, and elemental sprites. There are also a large number of ancient legends and curses associated with castles. Here are but a few. Duntroon Castle is located on the north side of Loch Creenin and across from the village of Creenin in Argyll, Scotland. It was originally built by the MacDougall clan in the 13th century along with several other castles in the area including the MacDougall stronghold of Dunali Castle near Oban. Duntroon was used as a fortress to guard the surrounding area against raiders from across the sea. It was eventually taken by the clan Campbell. By taken, I am assuming they mean through clan warfare. In the 17th century, the castle was besieged by the rival Macdonalds under Alasdair MacColla. Once the castle was taken, the Macdonald chief Colquito, and there is some disagreement as to his name, left a small garrison of men at Duntroon, along with his personal Piper, to guard the castle so he could continue his campaign assault. In Colquito's absence, the Campbell clan, determined to regain their castle, and they launched a counterattack and eventually recaptured Duntroon. Every Macdonald was killed with one exception, the piper. Pipers held an important role within Scottish clans. They were well educated and they ranked high in the chief's household. When going into battle, they stood alone, piping the men forward. It is said they were the focus of loyalty. Because of this, Macdonald's piper being a privileged and protected individual was spared he found himself imprisoned and surrounded by his enemies but he was about to perform a very courageous act that would save the lives of hundreds of his comrades according to one story the MacDonald piper was sent into the castle as a spy but he was found out he was imprisoned but played his pipes to warn the Macdonalds that their surprise attack was now expected Alasdair Maccola retreated, and the piper's hands were cut off by the Campbells as punishment. This story is not very well received. It's another story that they widely accept, though. And according to this other story, the MacDonalds captured the castle. Maccola needed to return home and left this garrison to defend the castle with his piper. While he was away, the castle was recaptured by the Campbells, and all the Macdonalds were killed, but the Piper, who was spared because of his status, after retaking their castle, the Campbells laid a trap for the Macdonalds. As colla sailed returning to the castle, he and his crew heard, as expected, the Piper playing a tune of welcome from the castle ramparts. As the Macdonald boat grew closer, the Macdonalds were able to discern the tune and recognized it as a warning. The small boat turned away and the trap failed. To punish the piper, his hands were cut off so he may never play again. The piper bled to death from his injuries. The ghost of a handless piper is now said to haunt the castle. The spirit of the piper is seen and heard about the castle at times. Poltergeist-like activity is often witnessed as various items are hurled about by an unseen agent and ghostly bagpipe music is heard as off in the distance. For over 200 years, many people felt this was just a romanticized myth connected to the castle. But in the 1880s, while the castle was being renovated, two workmen, removing some flagstones in an inner courtyard of the castle, found a shallow grave with a skeleton that had both hands cleanly chopped off at the wrists. It is believed that this skeleton is that of the Piper of Duntroon, The body was reinterred on a piece of ground overlooking the nearby water, possibly near where the piper had played the warning that kept his friend safe but sealed his own fate. Robin Malcolm is the current clan chief of Clan Malcolm, who bought the castle back in the 1700s and still own it today. Robin Malcolm has a letter written by his father to a friend about the supernatural activity at the castle. He writes, Things happen that couldn't be explained in the normal way. Malcolm states he feels the castle is still haunted by the piper. His present-day sitting room was once the main entrance to the castle. He feels the room has a lot of activity. His dog often warns him and his wife when something is passing. The Malcolm family is comfortable with the ghost. They feel the piper still haunts the castle because he was probably Catholic and not Episcopalian. So, though he was reburied with respect, you see, and a holy service read over him, along with a little bit of Episcopalian exorcism to put the spirit at rest, he was not properly laid to rest. Duntroon Castle is unique in that it is the oldest continually occupied castle in Scotland today. Fivey Castle is a castle in the village of Fivey near Turriff in Aberdeenshire, Scotland. The earliest parts of Fife e Castle date from the 13th century. Some sources claim it was built in 1211 by William the Lion. Fife e was the site of an open-air court held by Robert the Bruce and Charles I lived there as a child. Following the Battle of Otterburn in 1390, it ceased to be a royal stronghold and instead fell into the possession of five successive families, Preston, Meldrum, Seton, Gordon, and Leith, each of whom added a new tower to the castle. The oldest of these, the Preston Tower, located on the far right as one faces the main door of Fivy, dates between 1390 and 1433. The impressive Seton Tower forms the entrance and was erected in 1599 by Alexander Seton, Seton also commissioned the great processional staircase several years later. The Gordon Tower followed in 1778 and the Leith in 1890. Inside the castle stronghold features a great wheel stair, a display of original arms and armor, and a collection of portraits. Manus O'Cahan and Montrose fought a successful minor battle against the Covenant Army at Fivey Castle on 28th of October 1644. The battlefield was added to the inventory of historic battlefields in Scotland in 2011. Following Victorian trends, the grounds and the adjoining Loch Fivey were landscaped in the 19th century. The castle, like many places in Scotland, is said to be haunted. A story is told that in 1920, during renovation work, the skeleton of a woman was discovered behind a bedroom wall. On the day the remains were laid to rest in Fivey Cemetery, the castle residents started to be plagued by strange noises and unexplained happenings. Fearing he had offended the dead woman, the laird of the castle had the skeleton exhumed and replaced behind the bedroom wall, at which point the hauntings ceased. It is said that there is a secret room in the southwest corner of the castle that must remain sealed, lest anyone entering meet with disaster. According to one story, if anyone enters this cursed room, the laird, or lord, of the castle will die and his wife will suffer blindness. It is unclear if this is the same room in which the skeleton was found. There is also an indelible bloodstain. Two ghosts and two curses associated with Fivey Castle. One of the curses has been attributed to the prophetic laird Thomas the Rhymer. Thomas made it plain he had intentions on visiting Fivey, so the castle's main door was opened to await his visit. Several years passed and the door remained open. Finally, Thomas approached Fivey, but a storm blew up. Some say Thomas brought the storm with him. As Thomas approached the door, the door slammed shut due to the weather and air pressure. But Thomas took personal offense at this and laid a curse on Fivey and its inhabitants. No male heir shall live to ever inherit the castle. There's a gray lady. She's one of apparently two ghosts at Fivey, one of whom is thought to be the ghost of Lady Meldrum who died sometime in the 13th century. It is believed that she requested to be buried in the walls of a secret room in the meldrum tower the apparition of lady meldrum has been seen many times around the castle this one's the green lady and she is thought to be dame Lilius drummond the wife of sir alexander seaton after producing five children none of whom were boys alexander grew impatient he wanted a son to carry on the name his attentions turned towards the cousin of his wife grizel leslie Heartbroken and betrayed, Lilius retired to their home in Fife, where she became ill and died shortly after. The story goes that on the night Alexander married Grizel, in their bedroom in the castle, they could hear heavy sighs coming from outside their window. Believing it to be nothing more than the wind, Alexander calmed his new bride. Upon opening the window in the morning, though, there were found letters that spelled out the name D. Lilius Drummond, carved into the stone. Her ghost is said to roam the corridors of the castle bemoaning the betrayal of her husband and leaving behind the scent of rose petals in her wake. The sounds of a trumpet being played can be heard throughout the castle, believed to be the ghost of Andrew Lamy who died of a broken heart after finding out about the death of his beloved Agnes. Andrew is also said to appear dressed in rich tartan near the castle wall. On several occasions, the figure of a man has been seen only to disappear when approached. Our next castle is Gloms Castle. Now when you read about this castle, you read the spelling G-L-A-M-I-S, which to me, here in Texas, would be Glamis, but it's not, it's pronounced Gloms. There's a whole collection of ghosts to be seen around Gloms, They're either walking about or staring creepily out of the windows. The collective noun is a fright of ghosts. I'm sure they are. Glom's Castle has more dark secrets than Satan's private bathroom. It even spooked Sir Walter Scott when he stayed the night in 1704. From its inception in 1016, the castle has housed royalty. In 1034, when it was just a humble royal hunting lodge, King Malcolm II got himself assassinated there. Did Macbeth have a hand in that? I say that because Glanze is supposedly the setting of the play Macbeth. Around 1376, the castle was improved and presented to Sir John Lyon by his father-in-law, King Robert II, as part of his daughter's dowry. More recently, it was the childhood home of Lady Elizabeth Bowes Lyon, who was the queen mother, who married George the Sixth? Now, in saying that, Queen Elizabeth and her sister also spent childhood years there. Throughout the centuries, there were additions, and now it towers over the landscape. Hideous things have happened there, apparently a grisly secret known only to the incumbent Earl, who is also Lord Strathmore gets passed on to each male heir at his coming of age, allegedly. What this supposed secret might be is anyone's guess. One story tells of a workman who, during renovations, accidentally knocked through a wall to reveal a secret room. Some say he was paid to keep it quiet, others say he was packed off to Australia. To really keep it quiet. Another story goes that a serving maid stumbled onto the terrible secret. Horrified, she threatened to expose it. The Earl, at that time, ordered the guards to cut out her tongue. She broke free from her assailants and tried to escape through the grounds, but they caught and killed her. Her ghost is seen still, running and screaming silently, with blood spilling from its mouth. Secret rooms seem to be a theme at Glom's. In 1486, when the Ogilvy clan sought shelter from the Lindsay clan during a feud, the Earl politely ushered them into a secret room in his cellar. Then he locked the door and walked away. Unfortunately for the Ogilvys, he had done a deal with the Lindsays. Weeks later, someone else ventured down to open the door. He found one person, barely alive. It said he had had to cannibalize his own family to survive. One of the many secret rooms in the castle housed a deformed son during the 19th century. To protect the family from shame, he had to spend his whole life in hiding, but was allowed to get some air on the roof at night, where he was often spotted by villagers. A local legend grew out of those sightings about the monster of Gloms. Another darker presence lurks about the castle. Children have been woken in the night by the terrifying sight of an armored knight leaning over their beds. Known somewhat affectionately as Earl Beardy, he is thought to be one of the early lords of Gloms, remembered as a very nasty character and into every vice. A story is told that he gambled with the devil and lost his soul. Some nights the Earl's ghost can be heard behind closed doors, shouting obscenities and rattling dice. The family chapel, with its fine frescoed ceiling and wood paneling, is a tranquil haven. Just don't pay attention to the strange gray lady who walks through the chapel while you're saying your prayers, and then disappears into a wall. People who have witnessed her think she is the ghost of Lady Janet Douglas, charged with plotting to murder James V of Scotland. Despite finding no evidence, James had her burned at the stake for witchcraft in 1537. Many more apparitions are recorded. A variety of ghostly faces appear at windows. A bent old woman carries a bundle to the middle of the courtyard and disappears. A black servant boy, brutally hunted to death by an earl and his guests in a savage game, stalks the corridors evermore. Screaming sounds issue suddenly from empty rooms, and hammering noises pierce the silence of the night. A female guest was woken by the sound of hammering one night when she mentioned it to her host at breakfast they asked her not to speak of it again if you get invited to dinner don't mention the hammering you might not get any pudding just before the 13th Earl Strathmore died in 1904 he confided to a friend that the secret of Glom's was so horrifying that if his friend knew it he would get down on his knees and give thanks it wasn't his secret. In 1912, in his book, Scottish Ghost Stories, Elliot O'Donnell published the contents of a letter that he had received from a Mrs. Bond who had spent time at Glom's Castle and who underwent an undeniably weird encounter. In her letter to O'Donnell, rather notably, she described a somewhat supernatural encounter with a beast possessed of distinct ape-like qualities. Mrs. Bond wrote to O'Donnell the following words. It is a good many years since I stayed at Glum's. I was, in fact, but little more than a child and had only just gone through my first season in town. But though young, I was neither nervous nor imaginative. I was inclined to be what is termed stolid, that is to say, extremely matter-of-fact and very practical. Indeed, when my friends exclaimed, You don't mean to say you're going to stay at Glom's, don't you know it's haunted? I burst out laughing. Haunted, I said, how ridiculous! There are no such things as ghosts. One might as well believe in fairies, despite that skepticism. After retiring to her room and having fallen into a deep sleep, Mrs. Bond had a vivid, horrific nightmare that actually sounds far more like an encounter with something supernatural experienced in a profoundly altered state rather than just a regular dream. She told O'Donnell, slowly, very slowly, the thing, whatever it was, took shape. Legs. Crooked, misshapen, human legs. A body, tawny and hunched. Arms, long and spidery, with crooked, knotted fingers. A head, large and bestial, covered with a tangled mass of gray hair that hung around its protruding forehead and pointed ears in ghastly mockery of curls. A face, and herein was the realization of all my direst expectations a face white and staring pig-like in formation malevolent in expression a hellish combination of all things foul and animal and yet withal not without a touch of pathos as i stared at it aghast it reared itself on its haunches after the manner of an ape and leered piteously at me then, shuffling forward, it rolled over and lay sprawled out like some ungainly turtle and wallowed, as for warmth, in the cold gray beams of early dawn. At this juncture, the handle of the chamber door turned. Someone entered. There was a loud cry. Awoke to find the whole tower, walls and rafters, ringing with the most appalling screams I have ever heard. Screams of something or of someone for there was in them a strong element of what was human as well as animal, in the greatest distress. Wondering what it meant, and more than ever terrified, I sat up in bed and listened. Listened whilst a conviction, the result of intuition, suggestion, or whatever you will, but a conviction all the same, forced me to associate the sounds with the thing in my dreams, and I associate them still. Was it really just a bad dream? Was it born out of hearing disturbing stories of the Glam's ghoul, or of the elemental, or an encounter of the supernatural kind, one in which the aforementioned ghoul supernaturally invaded the sleep state of the terrified Mrs. Bond? There are other locales in Scotland with ghostly resonance. Craith's Castle It's got enchanting turrets, it's got towers, and it's got ornate rooms just like any castle you ever imagine. It's near Banchery, and it certainly looks like a place spirits would haunt. The castle was first built in the 1500s by the Burnett family, with the brooding tower house still standing. It is said to be haunted by the restless spirit of the Green Lady, a ghostly apparition dressed in a green robe. Must have been a popular color, I'd have to say that. It is said that she was a servant girl, or a ward of the Laird, who disappeared soon after having a child. In the 1800s, skeletal remains were found behind the fireplace in a room that she had been spotted in. Glencoe The brutal Glencoe Massacre, which took place on 13th of February 1692, is one of the bloodiest incidents in Scotland's history. The story goes that a troop of soldiers, acting on government orders, posed as friendly visitors before attacking their hosts, the Clan MacDonald, while they were sleeping in their beds, murdering 38 men, women, and children. Other members of Clan MacDonald were reported to have fled to the surrounding mountains, but died of exposure in the bitterly cold mountain landscape. Nowadays, People have claimed to see reenactments of the slaughter or have heard screams in the glen, particularly around the anniversary of the massacre. Culloden Battlefield. It was on this bleak moor in 1746 that the bloody Battle of Culloden took place near Inverness in barely 40 minutes. Thousands of clansmen were cut down and the army of Bonnie Prince Charlie was defeated. This ended the Jacobite rebellion. Cries, sword clashes, and gunfire have all been heard at the battlefield, and a forlorn-looking Highlander is said to haunt the area, allegedly murmuring the word defeated when encountered. Edinburgh Castle. One could call Edinburgh Castle the crown of the capital. It's thought to be one of the most haunted places in Scotland, and there have been numerous reports of paranormal activity over the years. Former prisoners are said to haunt the dungeons, and a headless drummer, first seen shortly before Oliver Cromwell attacked the castle in 1650, has also been spotted. Although many people have heard the sound of his drums coming from the battlements His physical appearance is rare and is said to foretell danger for the castle. The Scale House in Orkney Built in the grounds of a Neolithic settlement of Skara Brae in Orkney, Scale House sits on land inhabited for over 5,000 years. It is said it could be built on top of an ancient Pictish burial ground, which is why there have been so many sightings of ghostly figures in empty rooms and odd occurrences. Eileen Donan Castle. Eileen Donan is one of the most photographed castles in Europe, if not in the world. Eileen Donan Castle near Kyle of Lochalsh is said to be haunted by a Spanish soldier who was killed in a siege in 1719 during the First Jacobite Rebellion. The ghost of Lady Mary has also been spotted in one of the castle bedrooms. St. Andrew's Cathedral is rumored to be haunted by two ghosts, a friendly monk who has been encountered on the stairs at St. Ruel's Tower, and the beautiful White Lady. For the past 200 years, people have reported sightings of a lady wearing white gloves gliding through the grounds before vanishing at the cathedral's haunted tower. Legend has it that stonemasons, repairing the haunted tower in the Fife town, broke through into a sealed chamber and found a number of coffins. One lay open and contained the well-preserved body of a young woman, wearing white gloves. Donatar Castle, near Stonehaven, has been the scene of many dramatic chapters in Scotland's history, and is home to several ghosts. A girl dressed in a plaid dress has been seen in the brewery while a Scandinavian-looking man was spotted going into the guardroom. Dunrobin Castle is said to have a young woman who haunts the seamstress's room in the upper floors of the castle, near Golsby. The story goes that in the 15th century, the Earl of Sutherland imprisoned a beautiful young woman from a rival clan, with plans to marry her. She tried to escape by climbing down a rope of sheets, but fell to her death. Sounds of her crying can still be heard coming from the room to this day. Stirling Castle. One of the most important castles in Scotland's history, Stirling is reportedly haunted by a ghostly highlander, dressed in full traditional costume, complete with kilt. He is often mistaken for a tour guide, and stories have been told of visitors approaching him, only for him to turn away and disappear before their eyes. Colzean Castle. Hanging on a cliff face on the Ayrshire coast, Colzine Castle looks every bit as haunting on the outside as it is on the inside. Several ghosts are said to roam the castle, including a young woman wearing a ball gown and a ghostly gray mist which was spotted moving up the grand oval staircase. Inverary Castle is beautiful. It's set on the shores of Loch Fyne and is said to be haunted by a number of ghosts. A young Irish harpist, who was killed by the Duke of Montrose's men in 1644, reportedly haunts the MacArthur Room, while the castle's Grey Lady, has only been seen by daughters of a Duke of Argyle. Another spooky apparition is the ghostly Galley of Lorne, which can be seen floating away on the horizon when a Duke dies. So there you have it. You want to see ghosts or feel haunting experiences? Go to Scotland, visit the castles. Of course, there's places more nearby, but... Anyway, that's what I have for this week. I want to thank you for being along for the ride. I'll be back next week. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye.